I want to take a close look at the word suffering today because many of us have probably asked the question, if God is so good and loving, why do we have to suffer? And I want to explore what the word has to say about that and share something personal that the Lord spoke to me even this week. So we'll be right back. Stay with us. Hey friend, welcome to the Shattered into Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. Through biblical content, I will teach you how to experience whole healing and soar into great purpose. So let's get into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. How's everybody doing? I hope you've had a wonderful week. I've been battling some sickness and so I may have a little bit of a scratchy voice today, but that's okay. We're going to talk about suffering. And I was in my prayer closet this week and just speaking with the Lord and he just filled me with a word. I wrote it down. I want to share it with you. And he reminded me, Jeannie, there is a time for the garden of Gethsemane and then there is a time to get up and fulfill your ministry. The suffering is not just suffering. The suffering is a key that will unlock the very thing you are called to do that will unlock hope in others. That's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I wrote it down and I wanted to share that with you because suffering is something that we all go through. We And we wonder, why are we having to go through these things? Maybe we have prayed for things that we haven't seen come into fulfillment the way that we had hoped they would. Maybe uh, we're not overcoming things at the speed that we would like to overcome those things. Maybe we've had significant losses and we go through this suffering and we wonder, where is God in the midst of this suffering? Well, friends, he is there. And what I'm learning more and more is that through this suffering, we do find this key that does unlock hope. And the key word here is hope. And we're going to talk about that today, how suffering points more and more towards our great hope. Now, I think I have shared this resource with you before, but just in case I haven't, if you are looking for a great read outside of the Bible, although we know the Bible is the greatest read, but if you are looking for something on the topic of suffering, uh, Elizabeth Elliot wrote a book called Suffering is Never for Nothing, and I have earmarked it. I have read it so many times. It is a short book, but full of a lot of impactful punch, if you know what I mean. I love books like that, and so I encourage you to get that. Um, there's just some great, great words of wisdom, and this woman has gone through a tremendous amount of suffering, yet she is so hopeful and she sees that her suffering is a gift now to the world. And that's how we have to think about our suffering. But God gives us clear directions in his word, instructions about suffering. So I want to go ahead and take a look at that. Now, I'm going to be in the book of First Peter today. This whole chapter, I encourage you to read it if you are going through uh, any type of suffering. It's just, there's a lot of hope found here, and this is where our instructions are about hope and God's promises that we can cling to. Now, I know all of our paths are different. I know that our sufferings are different. So that we know. But there are some things that I think we all have in common. And that is that 
many of us, all of us, have probably spent too much time wasted on guilt, unforgiveness, bitterness. We have probably wasted too much time in sin, too much time spent uh, running and wrestling with God, running away from God when we should have been serving Him. Probably too many days, minutes, hours insisting that it must be our way because we don't want to let go of control instead of just trusting God's way and releasing things to Him. We've probably ran our mouths too much and prayed too less. And we've probably believed too many lies. But if we were to look back at all those things I just mentioned, one thing that we can say is that we just wasted a whole lot of time on a whole lot of things that really did not deserve our time and attention. So I want us to change our mindset, our perspective. The time is now. Time to rejoice in our suffering. I'm, I'm hoping that this podcast episode will pivot our thinking from being in the pit to rejoicing. Rejoicing in our suffering because we are sharing in the suffering with Christ when we do that. So it's time to flip the switch, flip the flow, and to honor God in all that we do and to do it all by His grace and for His glory. And see, that is what I believe the Lord was trying to speak to me and what I wrote down and what I shared with you as I opened up the show today is that, Jeannie, you've spent enough time in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's time to pick up your mat. It's time to get up and do what I've called you to do, to fulfill your ministry, to evangelize to bring hope because your suffering is the key that unlocks it for other people. Now, we would not be able to share in that suffering with Christ, in that suffering with other people, had we not gone through it. Now, you have to think about this because Christ became human so that he could come here and empathize, understand what we go through all the time. Why? He had to suffer with us here, human on earth, so that he would understand and be able to be that mediator between us and the Father. He now understands everything that we go through and he's already accomplished it all on the Christ. So his sufferings were with us and he suffers with us still today. You know, I've talked about before how I got angry at God and some of my losses, right? And God said, you know, instead of being angry at me, can we be angry together? It's the same thing. Instead of just suffering alone, we don't suffer alone. God suffers with us. Jesus suffers with us. He is with us in our sufferings. And because of these sufferings, we can bring honor and glory to God. And we bring hope. We unlock hope for other people. You know, do we have undeserved suffering? Yes, we may think our suffering is undeserved, but aren't we undeserving people? Aren't we truly unworthy of what Christ has done for us? I mean, I'm just in awe, Lord, I'm so unworthy of what you've done for me because of my sinful nature, but yet his love, yet his love. He looks upon us and he sees how worthy we are. He looks upon us and sees his image. So that is such a gift. And so our suffering becomes a gift for him as we suffer with him and bring him honor and glory through the suffering and to other people. It's a gift for other people. So what I am saying is there is a time to be still in the suffering. Jesus was alone in the Garden of Gethsemane because he knew what was before him, but yet he knew it was the will of his Father. There is a time for us to be alone in our suffering and let the Lord minister to us. And then there is a time to get up 
and go forward and fulfill the ministry, that which he has called us to. And that's what Jesus did. Now, he's given us the perfect examples. And friend, we cannot lay down and die in it. We have to get up and live in it. And we have to be a vessel of hope because our hope, our great hope is ahead of us. We set our eyes on the prize above us, the prize ahead of us, which is glory, which is eternity. We have everything to look forward to. So I want to dive into 1 Peter chapter 5, and we get some clear instructions here from the Lord. And so I want to go over that. So I'm going to start with verse 6. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to come back and kind of break it down for us a little bit. So in verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him, because he cares about you. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. To him be dominion forever. Amen. Okay, now let's look back at this. The first thing that I want us to see, and I encourage you to highlight this color-coded. I have it color-coded in my Bible because I clearly want to see the instructions from the Lord. I want to see what he's telling me to do, and then I want to see what the promise is, what his response is going to be. So I have it color-coded in my Bible. I encourage you to do that, or you can write it down now as we're going through it. But the instructions here is, number one, to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Okay, the second thing he tells us to do is to cast all of our cares on him. Okay, and the third thing he tells us to do is to resist him, meaning Satan, firm in the faith. Now, those are the three instructions that the Lord has given us. That's our part. That's what we have to do. And now I want to give you the list of the things that he promises to do when we do our part. So here's what God says I will do for you. I will exalt you at the proper time. I will care for you. I will restore you, establish you, strengthen you, and support you after you have suffered a little while. Now, I love that it says that, a little while. Because friends, our suffering is for a little while. Our affliction is just for a little while. It has nothing in comparison to the eternal weight of glory of what is ahead of us and what awaits us. It's such a little moment in time. Now, some other things to really pay attention to in this uh, passage here is it says your adversary, the devil, it doesn't leave any question there for you to figure out who is the adversary. It calls him out. The adversary, the devil, is prowling around looking for those, like a lion, looking for those that he can devour. Doesn't that make you angry? Like I get such righteous anger when I think about how he prowls around for the vulnerable, looking for anyone that is weak or anyone that is being tempted, anyone he can just devour. That's what he does. He wants to devour us. But the Lord tells us just to resist him, firm in the faith. In James, the book James, uh, James 4, 7 and 8 says, resist, draw close to the Lord and resist the devil and he will flee. Here it tells us resist him, stand firm in the faith. 
Now, the other thing I want to pull out in this passage that I'm extremely comforted by is it says, knowing that the same kind of sufferings that we are going through have been experienced by our fellow believers throughout the world. Not just in your little neighborhood, in your little corner of the home. No, throughout the world. So we know here that we are not alone. God is saying that your fellow men, your fellow believers all throughout the world are experiencing sufferings as well. We are not alone because the enemy wants to make you think you're alone. He wants to keep you isolated in this thing that you're going through. No, we see that the whole body is being persecuted and going through sufferings. You're not going to live in this life without suffering. It is not possible, but it's what we do with those sufferings that are important. And so now I want to turn us towards what should we do with these sufferings? Okay, so with the suffering, we now have to give it back to the Lord as an offering. And the Lord has came to me and he's given me a vision of, of me holding my suffering closely to me and that I have to give it back to him. We've mentioned this before in a, in a previous episode. So again, I'm encouraging you that it must be an offering given back to the Lord which ultimately is an offering given back to the world. So we have to turn our attention off of ourself and put the attention on the offering. The suffering has to exchange into an offering. So if God has given us this gift, God gave us the greatest gift, which was Jesus, right? He gave that to us. So if God has given us a gift, it's never only for ourselves. It's always to be offered back to him. And very often it has great benefit for the life of the world, great hope for the life of the world, great impact for the world. So friends, I'm encouraging you to let this pain and this sorrow and this suffering, I'm asking you to consider allowing it to be a gift back to the world. Would you allow yourself, your story, your circumstances to be poured out as a living wine, living hope, living water for others around you. Now, some of us have experienced different levels of suffering. Maybe you've had one loss. Maybe you've had multiple losses. So I want to share this quote with you, and, and maybe it will encourage you, but there was a, a missionary speaker that spoke, and she had had multiple losses, uh, just an extreme amount of tragedy and suffering in her life. And here's what she said. If my life is broken when given to Jesus... It may be because pieces will feed a multitude when a loaf would only satisfy a small little boy. So she's saying that the more suffering that she had, the more broken pieces that she had, the more it could be expanded, spread out, and feed a multitude of people. So that's just an interesting perspective to think about your suffering. When you've gone through suffering and had so many tremendous losses, uh, trust me, you're, you're seeking any kind of encouragement word from the Lord that you can get that points towards hope because you have so many questions of why did I have to go through this? Why did this happen to me? Lord, why does this have to be my story? And so instead of wallowing in that, we need to stay focused on the goodness and the glory of God in the situation and how that can impact the kingdom. And for many of us, we may not know fully what that looks like. We may not know what to do with our stories and our tragedies. So I just want to encourage you to do this. Just do the next thing. 
Do whatever God puts in front of you each day. It may be speaking to your neighbor. It may be speaking to a cashier at the grocery store. It may be speaking to the mail person that's dropping off your mail that day, the UPS driver. It may be a conversation that you have with your child. It may be a prayer that you engage with another uh, friend. Whatever it may be, everything that you do is a service unto the Lord. And if we are willing, he will open up so many opportunities for us to share our suffering with people that can bring hope and healing. I I have been amazed at how many people God has just brought into my home to do work-related jobs or whatever it may be and how I've been able to minister to them, how he's brought them into my office. He never ceases to amaze me. There is people hurting all around us. When we have people walk into our ministry doors just to volunteer, I encourage our staff and tell them, don't let anybody leave this place without praying for them. We never know what someone is going through. You will never know, but God does. And so don't lose an opportunity. Don't think because you're having a conversation with your neighbor that that is just a small thing versus someone standing on a podium in front of a thousand people. Friends, You can move heaven and earth with one small, kind act of love. A conversation, a prayer, fulfill your ministry. Do not continue to waller in the muck and mire. There is a time for that, but then get up, get up and use that suffering to unlock hope for other people. Okay, now I want to move us from groans to glory. I'm going to end on a couple of scriptures. The first one is Romans 8, 24 and 25. And it says, now in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope because who hopes for what he sees? Now, if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. Wow, just something unlocked there for me as I was studying that passage of scripture. That hope is such a gift because we can't see it. And sometimes we want to know answers to our questions and prayers. Sometimes we want to see things. And not to say God doesn't allow us to do those things because he does. He does reveal. But there is so much that we are not going to see and understand until we get there face to face. That's what the scripture says. Then we will know face to face. Until then, here on this earth, we can only look through a mirror. So it's good that we cannot see this hope. Because if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. So aren't you glad that we have this hope, this blessed hope ahead of us, that we yet cannot see because our hearts are filled with expectation for this hope that one day we will see. So the hope is such a gift. It's a gift when we cannot see it. And lastly, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration, plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Friends, your suffering is not for nothing. Our suffering will be redeemed. But until then, we have to fulfill our ministry and we have to move forward in great hope and unlock hope in other people. 
I love you bunches. I hope you have a wonderful week and remember, live life abundantly. If you like mommy's show, leave a review. Hey, before you go, if this podcast has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the Shattered in the Beautiful show. Next, hop on over to the Shattered in the Beautiful private Facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration. You can reach me at JeannieScottSmith.com. And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way.